I'm a little raspy today. It's not because I'm sick. It's because I've been laughing a lot at the conversation that Sheldon and I just had. He's shaking his head because he just blew my mind and I just blew his mind. We can't say anything else. Lost tapes, man. The lost tapes. (laughs) I keep saying it. The lost tapes of this podcast would be a bestseller, man. (laughs) I don't want to say that this podcast is the center of the universe. But Toronto definitely is, and uh, a lot of things are happening, and we're <laughs> and weird, weird coincidences are happening. We can't say anything else. I'm John Chidley Hill, and I am a rattled Sheldon Alexander. <laughs> and this is you killed it, the podcast, man, the challenge, the most mysterious podcast with an introduction like that. I wish, I feel so bad that that's going to be our opening that we just made all these illusions, but like I don't know how we could. No, there's an absolutely zero way to talk about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> getting sued. Man, what a, what a life we lead. Speaking of living oh. lives, did you hear that Bettina was pregnant during the season of the, pod, of the podcast, of the challenge? I did see that. I did see that headline. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to speak on... I mean, I'm going to tiptoe around this conversation, but I am curious as to how this always happens. Like not yeah. people getting pregnant, but how you end up on the show for that long, not knowing that you're pregnant. Or maybe you this... find like, do you find out while you're on the show? You find out after the show? Like, I don't know. That all seems strange to me, but again, I'm tiptoeing around that conversation. This is you killed it. The bee, the birds and bees podcast, <laughs> where we're gonna teach Sheldon how babies are made. I know that there are a couple people that listen to the pod that kind of message in all the time that will send some very funny messages about like, "Hey, would you like me to explain to you how this works?" Like how? Because <laughs> shout out to our listeners, man. We have such great listeners that always message jokes here and there, and so I want you, I want you all to know that greatly appreciated whenever you guys reach out about not even just a show but anything else because the ties between like you know whether it's the sports world or whatever else pop culture world that pop up and that people have now joined in conversations and dms about like any and everything it's so greatly appreciated so huge shouts to all the people writing in and continue to do so Absolutely. Um, And on that note, I want to give a shout out to several listeners. I'm not sure that I'm going to name them all because I'm disorganized. Um, I'm going to be I'm going to be super honest, just like moment of honesty. I got really high last night and I think I might still be a little high. So this is going to be a good podcast. Um, (laughs) Okay, it's legal in Canada. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to say it now. Back home, spoken legal, legal. I got more (laughs) slaps in the Beatles. Sorry, had a moment. So, there. Uh, last episode we spoke about CT a bit. I pointed out that I noticed he was wearing his wedding ring again, and uh, we also talked about. Well, I mm-hmm. spoke about how I thought that maybe if we're talking about like 500 episodes of the challenge, one of one of I think the low key great moments was CT and DM's relationship in general, but especially her final appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a few listener comments and it's confirmed CT got back together with his wife. They worked out their issues. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm really happy to hear that because, you know, we talk a lot about how, what makes CT such a compelling television figure is that he, 
um, has matured and grown so much, right? Like he went from being essentially a wild animal to being like Uncle CT, sort of like lovable, funny Boston mumble, like a beast competitor, but like not in competition, just like being a pretty normal, healthy guy. And it's, it's really great to see. Uh, so just shout out to all the listeners, Julia Lamana and Sarah Casellas both reached out to me. There is someone else and I feel so bad. My, this is a humble brag, but my, it, my Twitter mentions are lit right now and it is blocking me. I don't know if there's anything humble about that. I think that's just a brag. <laughs> you know, in fairness, I am a pretty arrogant person <laughs> and I'm at peace with this. What is happening right now? We're off the rails, but that's expected. I will. Okay. I should, I should have told you why my DM, my Twitter is lit right now in our previous conversation before we started recording, we might circle back to that. Okay. Uh, when we stop recording. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's get back on the rails, Sheldon Alexander. Um, so, you mentioned CT and just how uh, we've seen CT mature. But my question to you is, is CT one of your idols? <laughs> no. Well, I'm surprised there was even an awkward pause there before you answered that. Because I just started laughing right away because Emmy is annoying to me to begin with. But then this whole like CT is one of my idols, like Lady Gaga is in music. And it made me think, it's like, so instead of making fun of Emmy, because I don't want to do that too much, but is CT as successful in the challenge as Lady Gaga is in the music industry? I would say he is more successful in the challenge than Lady Gaga is in the music industry. Okay. No, not to paraphrase Kanye West, but no disrespect to Gaga. But she's like CT's one of the three greatest challengers of all time, like for sure. Okay, that's fair, right? Like to coin a to borrow a phrase from Bill Simmons, he's for sure on the Mount Rushmore, like no doubt, mm -hmm. and arguably on the Mount Rushmore of reality TV in that conversation. Interesting. Okay. La Interesting. Lady Gaga, as good as she is, and I'm not putting down her music. She is not on the Mount Rushmore of music, of pop music, of contemporary music, right? Like, and she's very good. I'm not putting her down. I'm just like, she's like, CT is, I don't know, the Rolling Stones <laughs> of music. Okay. And Lady Gaga's not. <laughs> okay. Right? Interesting. Interesting. No arguments here. No arguments here. I had a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. How do you think CT feels about being compared to Lady Gaga? First by Emmy and now by us. I think he likes it. I think he, yeah. <laughs> I think he would appreciate it because it's just a relationship that he has with Emmy. I think you know. I think they just have a good relationship, and uh, he understands the Uncle CT role that he plays with her. So, yeah, I think he's okay with it. I want to know. Sorry, go on. Well, I, was just, I, I just thought you were going to go in a different direction. I thought you were going to say that, like, CT is a big Gaga guy and would be, like, thrilled with that comparison. But I can see what that. you said was probably better. No, I could see that. I could see that. Um, so thrilled with CT. Everyone is not thrilled with Amanda. 
And at first I was wondering why is everyone so salty on Amanda? Like, is she that bad of a competitor? Like, that's what I thought in the beginning of this, right? And I'm like, okay, they did a great job of editing this episode together. Do you know what I mean? Because in the beginning, I was feeling sorry for her. I was like, yo, why is everyone so salty at Amanda? Like, Amanda's not that bad at this game. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes on here. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to defend Amanda a little bit here. Well, we'll, we'll get to like what go actually goes on but i think this is like the main theme of this episode right well i think we can talk about it right now and then get straight into what the happens daily competition yeah yeah because i don't so, really want to talk about burgers in romania so yeah told you no there's no need for that <laughs> um although i think romanian burgers should be the podcast episode title i don't think we need to and i also don't care about tori and emmanuel breaking the shower and, yeah get out of here but anyways, so, um, so what happens is Amanda's now on the Ruby team and like immediately there's a lot of negative energy coming at her and like Kyle, I don't like how, like normally, you know me, I'm a big Kyle guy. I don't like he, how he like immediately was sort of talking shit to her about her to Logan and that Logan and Nelson and Corey were all like, uh, like fuck this girl Mm -hmm. because first of all as nelson said he and amanda are friends in real life second of all what does that team lack they lack someone who's good at puzzles amanda's good at puzzles Mm -hmm. so and like normally i'm a big Corey fan and like normally i really like his sort of positive attitude but he really dropped the ball here. They all dropped the ball by not being like, hey, Amanda, you know what? We're super strong, but it is what it is. We're not the best at puzzles, but you are. Mm-hmm. So like you're gonna be our you're gonna be our secret weapon at that. Like if if any competition going forward has a puzzle, it's on you. We're gonna stand back. You don't worry about the heavy lifting. And just like just come with that attitude. And she overheard a lot of them putting her down or being negative about her joining the team. And she took it personal. She took it too personally, Mm -hmm. but she took it personal. And I I understand that. Yeah. And I think the key part of this is that, you know, you could look at it in two ways. There's some people who would hear that and sense that, and they would be like, you know what? I want to prove these guys wrong. I want to work extra hard and, and, you know, show these guys that, I am capable of whatever. And there's other people that respond negatively to that. And I don't really think it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that it's different for different people. And clearly that had a negative impact on her. That didn't make her wanna like work harder or like join in on their team and like help them more. It kind of made her uh, retract. And you know, that's a big part of the game, knowing your teammates and knowing how you have to respond and deal with that said teammates because it's going to be different for every person. Yeah. Yeah. I just, she handled, she definitely handled it badly. 1000%. She lived down to their expectations, which is something you never want to do. But I also understand why she was pissed. Yeah, and I think, you know, the negative energy of it didn't help, right? Like negativity breeds more negativity. And I think for her, then it gives you a lack of confidence. And you almost end up thinking, well, now if I really try and I mess up, then they're right. 
Yeah. But if I don't try, then That's I'm just a, then I'm just a jerk, right? And they already think I'm a jerk anyways. So cool. Yeah, I'll make. Just sort of getting ahead of their perception. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, speaking of perception, so the daily competition is called Sunken Intelligence. Yeah. And as much as I dislike him, something that always cracks me up is that whenever TJ names the competition, Josh always reacts like, ooh, as if he knows what it means. And if you think about it, like the name Sunken Intelligence betrays nothing about what this competition is. Nothing. And yet Josh like always has this react like he's like, oh, yeah, like. What are you doing? I know he's just being good on TV, but it's so funny to me that perhaps the least articulate person on the show oh, wow. always has this like grunt, guttural reaction as if he understands. It always cracks me up. It's just the normal Josh doing too much, right? Like that. Oh, if Amanda he was did a, way too much this episode. Yeah, if Amanda is the main, you know, storyline here, Josh is right there after, just like playing this whole mastermind thing and i mean i don't get it which we'll get to but yeah this challenge what did you think of this challenge right basically this was all about teamwork and communication and yep. roles but you know quick synopsis you basically get to untangle the rope then attach the rope to the chest and drag the chest back into shore the fastest time one essentially yeah, yeah. um so everything was about teamwork and you know overall the one thing that's interesting about these challenges and how they get put together is we don't really get a sense that much for who does really well and who does really poorly because it's a time challenge and you're editing it obviously so we're not seeing the full 10 minutes or 15 minutes or however long each team would take but what we did get to see is who works well in certain situations and who doesn't and you know getting back to what i was saying about emmy to me, that really stood out because it was CT kind of realizing like, oh, okay. Like I literally have to put her in a position to succeed in terms of like telling her exactly what I need her to do. And then even maybe telling her how to do it as well for her to actually be a benefit to the team. Yeah. And they had the same issue with Kyle mm -hmm. where Kyle wasn't focused. Yeah. And Ashley, I think, I mean, Ashley really lost her cool. Yeah, which is expected. But also, which is expected. It's That's like the elements on that team. But also, as soon as I saw this competition, and I, I have it in my notes, I was like, oh, the Emerald team's going to win because having more people is such an advantage. Mm -hmm. That's one more person that can hold on to the ropes and keep them out of the way as you're disentangling. Yeah. That's one more person to carry the chest underwater like it yes kyle and emmy shit the bed on this mm -hmm. but also sapphire team ct's team was already up against it like they're already gonna have a really hard time because it's just the four of them like they are now skating uphill mm -hmm. and they're in a pretty bad way and uh the ruby team were essentially four people because Amanda basically didn't participate. Mm. Did, so, did they say how close it was at the end? Like when they said who won, did they say how close it was or no? I don't. They didn't remember. say how close it was. They said it was down to two teams. Okay, because that's what I was going to ask, right? Because or that's what I was wondering, and I forgot to make note of that. Because 
you know, obviously, so it comes down to the Ruby team and Josh's team, right? But the big thing that went down, obviously, is Amanda, once again, who I'm interested in people's take on this, right? Because she did actually ask, hey, what to do, right? Like, what should I do? How can I help? And they really didn't give her much feedback or instructions. Like, there is a definite lack of leadership on that team, right? Because especially in something like this, where it's like a, uh, not a puzzle, but there's some strategy involved, you need someone to kind of take charge and give people roles and, and whatever. And they didn't really do that. And that's probably because Nelson and Corey probably aren't the strongest strategic players in the game. So they might not have known how everyone can kind of help or what's the best way for everyone to help. So when Amanda's asking, they don't really say anything to her, but then she kind of takes it a little too far, right? Yeah. She does take it a little too far. There's a lot. It's, it's interesting. We're definitely at that point in the season where people know that the end of the season is coming and they're doing a little too much. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking a little as clear, you know, they miss home. Mm-hmm. They are sick of each other. You know, they're getting burnt out. They also, Tori made this point at one point in confessional, they're at a point where they like everybody that's left in the house. So it's like harder to make decisions. Cause it's, there's no like, Oh, fuck that guy. It's yeah. like, Oh, but like, I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I totally get that. I think, you know, for the thing with Amanda, the fact that once she started like getting into the posing and like, you know, just posing and styling and showing off and stuff. And then Ashley and the, the rest of the crew on the sidelines are egging her on. I wrote like, that's a weird flex because yeah. like, what is that really doing other than angering your team? Right. Like you could pretend like there's something you could have pretended to do. And I think that she went too far, but there is blame to be had from the rest of her team as well, because at some point someone could have said, Hey, help me do blank. Or how about you hold this or just anything. And instead it was all like negative. Oh no, don't do this or get out of the way. Or, you know what I mean? That wasn't anything like positive. And again, negativity breeds more negativity they brought negativity to her in the beginning and she just snowballed that negativity and that led into the challenge. And the the crappy part about it is, and we don't know how close it was and it might not have even been close at all, but the fact that it came down to those two teams and she didn't really help at all. And you, John just mentioned how much of a benefit it was to have so many different people helping. I mean, you could easily connect the dots to, Hey, this didn't work. And it's probably her fault if she had done anything or as Corey said, just give me 30%. Yeah. (laughs) Which isn't a lot to ask for, is it? Right? No, no, not at all. So we have um, uh, an interesting scene. I'm just going to touch on the clubbing scene. First of all, I thought everyone looked great. I'm not a big bucket hat guy, but Corey and Josh were rocking their bucket hats (laughs) as they talked about who's gonna go in yeah and your man josh is like oh i'm not gonna say your name and Corey, to his credit in confessional is like okay you're not gonna call in ct you're not gonna call in kyle like process of elimination it's gonna be me so like don't tell me it's not gonna be me like don't even do that 
And this is so, this is classic Josh. He's doing way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get Josh's game plan, right? Because, okay, so you're trying to protect Logan, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this, and, and I want people to not play the result, right? And what I mean by that is, so what is a better game plan here if you're really trying to protect Logan? Because there's two things to talk about here. Why do you want to protect Logan over Corey? I don't really know the answer to that. Does anyone know the answer to that? Like, how are you that cool at Logan already that you're protecting this rookie over Corey? Like, I don't understand. But do do you have something there? Yeah. So, first of all, I agree with you. The one thing I'd say, and maybe we're not coming, like, maybe this isn't coming through, is Logan is hurt. He's not injured, but he's hurt. And they're at a point where they should be thinking, who do I want to run a final against? Like if I'm Josh. Uh, okay, okay. And you want to run a final against Logan, for sure. It's fair. Because who's to say his hamstring can hold up mm-hmm. with what will undoubtedly be a lot of running, probably on like unsteady terrain. Like I, I see it. But he never says that to anyone. Like he is speaking in Spanish to Logan, calling him his brother yeah but like if you say to Corey, hey Corey, I, you're great but i want to go against logan in a final because he's got a bad wheel i'm not sure Corey gets as mad mm-hmm. and on that same token if it's time where you're thinking about who do i want to run a final against you gotta think who do you not want to run a final against that's ct yeah. So shouldn't the vote be to put like if if you're in the business of betraying friends, which mm-hmm. is what Josh is doing by putting in Corey, mm-hmm. shouldn't you be betraying CT? Yeah, I mean that's the thing there, right? It's like if you're gonna make this move and go against the vets, why not put in the best vet? And yeah, but overall, right? Why I think Josh's plan is flawed is because if you're really trying to protect Logan, don't you put Logan in? because then he can pick his partner because the reality is whichever one of the vets that he chose, Nelson, Corey, Kyle, or CT, they're all going to pick Logan. Right. So wouldn't you rather Logan get to pick who he goes against? And again, I'm saying this, don't play the results because of course it worked out. Cool. Great. Maybe Logan would have picked Corey, but my point is more so if you were really trying to, to help Logan, the move is to put him in so he can choose his opponent because you know whichever one of the vets you put in, we're going to pick him, and you'd rather have Logan have his choice. Now, again, it all worked out. Cool. Great. I'm just talking about this from a strategy standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Um, And I I agree with you. I mean, the reality is they're at a point Mm -hmm. where a vet has to go in. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but I think I really think that Emerald blew it because you gotta start thinking we are running out of opportunities to get CT out of the final. He might come back from an elimination. He might be pissed. He might infiltrate the Emerald team, mm-hmm. but he also might not. Exactly, you have no idea. And you just you don't know, and you need to like put CT in a position where he's rolling the dice. Yeah. 
more because right i don't want to say he's coasting because that's dismissive of all the effort he's put in Mm -hmm. but if you're a guy you do not want to see him in a final similarly if you're a woman you don't want to see ashley in a final so she's getting too close now and you just you gotta take out those people that have shown that they can and do win so what did you make then of tory's whole strategy of okay if they get infiltrated then you throw the next challenge and then you throw that person back in to the elimination and then come back like that to me seems like not a good strategy because there's so many moving pieces right like you have to lose then you have to convince the team that wins that they're going to throw in that person that you want them to throw in, which like, why are they doing all of that to help your team? You know what I mean? Like it just seemed weird. And and again, this is everyone's strategy trying to do a little too much, I think, but to, yeah. to think that, okay, so let's say CT wins and then CT infiltrates their team. You're now going to throw the next challenge next week but then it's a women's elimination. So that doesn't matter anyways. So now you're planning two weeks ahead to when it's a male elimination, you're going to throw that challenge and then try to convince whoever won, Hey, throw in CT again. Mm-hmm. And then against throw in CT again, against whoever your team member is at loss. So let's say it's Josh that he switched with. And then now Josh is going to go in against CT and win to get back on your team. Just seems weird. Doing too much. Doing way too much. Doing uh, way too much. And we have to assume, like, how many people do you think are going to make the final? 12? Like, six men, six women? Who knows? Yeah. They're getting close. Mm-hmm. They're down to, uh, what, 10? They're down to th- 14 people? 15 people? So, hold on. Here's my question, though. Here's my question. And the part that I really couldn't grasp, right? So if I'm Amanda, Amanda last week, to me, gave the perfect example of what you should be doing to avoid the elimination. I'm so glad you brought this up because I had this in my notes too. Go ahead, Sheldon Alexander. And everybody instead, once we got around to the deliberation, or should we talk about the Amanda argument first or will we can, we'll get to that. There's enough time to talk about the Amanda argument. But the, everyone in the deliberation, starting with CT, they automatically just started being positive and trying to play like the sappy, sentimental, like, oh, don't worry, I won't infiltrate your team. Like, I just want to stick with my team and I've been good this whole season and blah, blah, blah. And then Nelson did the same. Oh, I'm going to apologize to Amanda and to Big T. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Didn't we find out last week that what you need to do to avoid the elimination is to tell them that if I win, I'm messing up your team. That's how you avoid it. I thought that telling them that you wanted to stay on your team would be reason for them to keep you. Yeah. So I don't know. Or reason for, sorry, reason for them to throw you in. My bad. Yeah. I think that either you threaten to infiltrate the Emerald team to avoid elimination, or if you win elimination, you infiltrate the Emerald team. Mm -hmm. Like, people do not have their eye on the prize right now. You have to bust up the Emerald team any way you can. Yeah. Like, that's got to be the goal. Mm -hmm. Because 
again, their their numbers are playing to their advantage increasingly so. Like they're winning more easily every week. And and you know, hey, maybe a guy like CT is thinking, that's fine. I want to see Devin and Josh in a final. Like <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but if you're Kyle, Corey, or Nelson, yeah. nah, you gotta you gotta bust that up and Logan as well. So so what did you make of the strategy and the deliberation? Because I thought Devin was really smart in how he set things up in terms of saying, hey, we really struggled to figure out what's going on. And I thought that was a smart move because, again, as you mentioned before, it puts the pressure on the castmates because it's now like you're putting them in a position to fail. Like someone mess up and then you're going to say the wrong thing and then now you become the target. And now they're not the bad guys for picking whoever. Yeah. They're picking whoever based off of a bad comment or whatever you said in this deliberation. I thought that was really smart. And then Josh doubling down and basically saying the same thing I found really weird. Well, because Josh likes to have the last word, right? Yeah. Like he, Josh is smart enough to know when someone else says something smart mm-hmm. and just like likes to repeat it. So he sounds just as smart. I mean, that's what I, basically what I do on this podcast to you every week. So. It's paying off for me. It's paying off for Josh. <laughs> so do you think the agency made the right move in picking Corey? No, I, I'm, I know it would have like turned the house upside down, but I think it, I'm serious when I say they should have put in CT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to put in CT every time now. And on the women's side, you got to put in Ashley every time because they're at a point where they got it like with their momentum They have to be thinking about the final. And also, you know, if you get, if you set it up, so CT has to go against either Logan or Corey or Nelson Mm -hmm. or Kyle. If you're Josh and Devin, that improves, and Emmanuel, that improves your position in every case except maybe against Logan. But also like keep... CT versus Corey, that's a win. Mm-hmm. CT versus Nelson, that's a win. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and also, I think more importantly, you got to use these chances when you're in control, meaning you're not one of the options for CT to pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the retribution is kind of you know a little bit off the table because he would have to win and then come back and then win another challenge, win a daily challenge with his new team. Right. Like, of course, he could win and then switch you off the team. Cool. And that's probably what they're afraid of. But risk and reward. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think they blew it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you got to shoot your shot, especially at this point, because letting him get to a final, you're just letting yourself lose. They shouldn't. I that. did think I did think it was funny um, afterwards. Corey's coming in hot. He's mm-hmm. pissed. And I understand why Corey's pissed. If I was yeah. Corey, I, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. He's coming in hot. He um, sort of goes at Devin a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Devin correctly says, truthfully says, I didn't want to, I want to put Logan in. Josh is your problem. Yeah. Like, go take it up with him. It's true. Mm-hmm. But I liked what Devin said in confessional. You're supposed to threaten people before you go into the deliberation, not after. Classic Corey. Yeah. That made me laugh. Yeah. No, it was true. It was very true. And I think, you know, Corey 
has done a really good job in when he's mad or upset about something, he articulates himself very well. Like he laid things out perfectly for Josh saying like, hold on, who are your people in this house? Fessy and you got him out of here. And then you're telling me that me and you were pretty close. And then now you're going to want to put me in over instead of Logan, like some dude you just met. Explain to me how that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Josh really can't because it doesn't really make sense. But at the end of the day, like, is Josh just thinking simply, oh, I'm going to go into a final with rookies and I think I can beat the rookies? Like, is that what his his plan is? I don't think it is. I, I mean, that would be logical, like I said, if he said, you know, hey, man, Logan's got hamstring issues. I like my chances against him better. Mm-hmm then I'd understand. But he hasn't said that. He hasn't said it in confessional. He hasn't said it to Corey. Mm -hmm. He is backing Logan because, you know, they've hung out for a bit. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Um... And also Josh always does this. Like Josh gets infatuated with new shiny people. And this is true. And just like throws his like he does this all every season where he's just he he really wants to be liked. This is true. This is true. So what do you make of you know? We know Corey's going down. Corey's going in. Logan is the obvious choice to to go in. But I like Corey's energy this whole episode. Like even him just before he goes in, he's like, "Hey, this is what it's all about. I'm going in, whatever, right?" And he picks Logan, and. You know, this challenge was a good one. It was an interesting one, this elimination. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, you're t- standing on top of a sphere. A sphere. I don't know why I'm having trouble pronouncing that, but here we are. Um, and for no reason at all, there's like a fire lit below you, which I was like, wait a second. So what if they fall into the fire? That seemed weird. I me. wondered about that too. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed dangerous. Yeah. So you just stand on top of this object and it's basically kind of a tug of war, but not really. You got to pull the rope away from your competitor, a rope that is also on fire. And either you got to pull the rope away or have them fall off. And the most interesting thing to me about this, because really we know this is one of those classic things where if you watch the challenge, you understand, you think this is about strength, but it's really not, right? It's about strategy, momentum, balance, stamina, yeah. all those things. You know who would have killed it? Jordan. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, Josh even referenced that too. Um, the thing that stood out to me though was, was it Amanda that says, I don't get how Corey's struggling on this. Like he literally does this every day. And I actually think that's a disadvantage. Because when he's doing the rope workout, he's just going all out. And that's not what this elimination was. Do you know what I mean? Like, it makes, like, if you really break it down, when he's doing the ropes work, you're going all out for like 30 seconds, as hard as you can, burning your muscles, blah, blah, blah. In this, it wasn't about going all out because you're not going to pull it away from him realistically, unless he's like super, super weak. This is all about strategy. And Logan had the strategy. Yeah simple also there was a moment where logan had it down to only one hand on the rope Mm -hmm. and Corey could not capitalize 
which I found that so weird. I didn't get yeah. that. I didn't get that at all. Like I, I didn't understand how that happened, how Logan survived. Cause Logan almost went down first and yep. somehow Corey couldn't get him off. And it, it seemed so strange to me. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it at all, but good strategy by Logan. I mean, when he had Corey in the exact same situation where Corey only had, Corey was actually resting, right? Which doesn't seem like a good idea or a smart idea. And then no. Logan just pulled it from him and it was like, okay, uh, <laughs> did Corey just give up? Do you know what I, I don't know. I, I think it was a brain fart. Like, yeah. listen, I love Corey. He, I, long time listeners know I was not always a Corey fan, but he has, like CT, he has matured so much. And I really like how he conducts himself. He's one of the good people on the show, like a consistently good person the moral compass of the show in a lot of respects and now he's gone and i'm sorry for that but he's also not the smartest yeah and that was a brain fart at best like he you definitely have to keep two hands on the rope at all times even if you're not like gripping the rope Mm -hmm. like you got to have it on there yeah totally and the, the other thing that occurred to me is that you know it is a long rope and like you can't just like if when logan yanks on it there is like a half second that you have to react and Corey just didn't react fast enough yeah like he put himself so out of position so yeah so uh, I, I thought it was a good competition like i would like to see this competition again Oh, definitely. Definitely agree. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really cool. And I thought what was also cool was Corey's reaction after losing. A lot of it is like, he was pretty humble in his loss. Like he wasn't, and he was very much focused on, you know, trying to gas up Nelson and being like, Hey man, go do your thing. Like you got to carry it for us now. I thought that was pretty cool. It was, it was a moment. It was a moment. And I know you didn't ask me yet, but I found it weird because my line of the episode were like two serious Corey moments. It was his thing with Nelson at the end where he's saying, you know, he wants Nelson to go through and do this because he thinks it would mean so much for him and his family and him and his mom. And then also earlier on, serious, but on a different note, where he was yelling at Josh. He's like, listen, you're two people that you come into the house with that you you claim to have the best relationships with. You turned on for Logan. It doesn't make any sense. Like you got Fessy out of the house. And then now you're telling me, me and you were cool. And now you're choosing Logan? That doesn't even make sense. Now, in fairness, I'm sure Casey is probably above Corey. Right? Yeah. But the point still remains. Like, where did Logan come from to get all of Josh's, you know, trust and, and, and you know, blanket safety, for lack of a well, better term, as Logan just basically weasels his way to a final? That's my line of the episode, is at one point Kyle says, after deliberation, how did this rookie convince everyone to do this and like we haven't really seen logan work the room right like yeah we've seen him have strategic conversations and like honestly credit to logan yeah for playing the game so well but i don't understand how he's i mean maybe it's not that hard to pull the blinders over josh (laughs) um i do think though that Logan makes bizarre decisions sometimes. Yeah. Why is your man not infiltrating Emerald? 
Like, what's the logic here? He's just keeping his word to Josh, I guess. I don't know. And Emmanuel is his friend. Like, this is where Logan, and I mean, in fairness, Logan keeping his word has saved him, right? So I guess, you know, if he didn't swap out with Josh, if he swapped out with Devin, you know, you don't want Devin on your bad side. So maybe you swap out with Emmanuel, but that's his boy. So I don't know. That's his strategy. And I want to diss him and say, like, that's not smart, but it's gotten him this far. And I don't know how else he's gotten this far other than just, you know, being a likable dude that people seem to trust and want to keep around. And, you know, Ed basically sacrificed himself to keep Logan in the game. Josh basically, you know, tap danced all over the uh, vet alliance that I know has like been long gone. But at the same time, like he's now in a position where he has, um, he's now in a position where he's on the brink of a final based off of nothing. Yeah, it's true. Who killed it for you this week? With all that said, it's Logan. I mean, I don't know how he's surviving. He's injured and he's he's winning. Uh, eliminate. He won the elimination. Um, some, but more importantly, it's just his ability to convince people that he should still be in this game, despite the fact that the theme is getting rookies out. Somehow he's done it. And as much as I want to knock it, I can't really. Yeah. No, you can't. I think. I mean, I could give some LVPs out. Mm-hmm. Like, Josh is pretty close to earning an LVP. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think that Logan is the MVP. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, we barely heard from him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a credit to him. But, you know, he got a convincing and well-earned win. It seems like his leg is doing better it helped that the competition was swimming which presumably would be easier on his leg so you know more power power tool more power tool um where can the good people find you on social media you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander and uh like subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you know support the movement on the youtube page and you can find me on twitter and instagram at jay chidley hill and until next week this was you killed it i guess it's on me to to say it yeah you're pointing at me here we go you killed it i got choked up it's that (laughs) weed it's that sticky icky no comment (laughs) 